Hello, everybody. Welcome to Zone Defense. Be sure to follow us on Spotify at Zone Defense Podcast and on Twitter at Zone Defense Pod. We want to say thank you to all of our new viewers from our last few episodes. However, a lot of you are not yet subscribed. So be sure to hit that subscribe button if you have not already and smash that notification bell because it really helps out our channel a lot. Also, drop a comment down below and let us know if you think the Bulls can win a playoff series with the addition of Nikola Vucevic. Uh, Today, we will be giving you our instant reactions to all the deals that have occurred during today's NBA trade deadline. How's it going, Chris? It's going well, Drew. I mean, this... uh... I was kind of worried that we weren't even going to get to do an episode last night when there wasn't really anything going on. But today, they definitely they definitely made up for for sure. And a lot of the big names we thought were going to get traded did, and then a couple other guys did as well that I'm interested to talk about. So why don't we get right into it, man? Yeah, we're going to start with the the three biggest moves of the day. Um, that being, in, not in the uh, logical order that they did that they happened, because uh, Vucevic was traded this morning, then Gordon was traded, and then Oladipo was traded right at the deadline. But we're just going to go in the order they are on this list, starting with Victor Oladipo to the Miami Heat. Now, this has been a rumor for like it seems like a year now that Oladipo's wanted to go to Miami. We talked about it in our episode earlier this week, our trade deadline preview. Um, but it never really seemed like Miami had any interest in Oladipo, and despite Oladipo people wanting to go there um, but they got the deal done and they really all you can see right there all they gave up was Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk, two decent um, role players I would say but Victor Oladipo I think is, is a definite upgrade despite him being very inconsistent since coming back from the injury last season but um, before I give like my reaction Chris what do you think about this trade uh yeah Victor this is clearly a, a big win for the Miami Heat I think um, if you look at it Houston really handled this they butchered this from from the Harden trade on. I mean, they got Oladipo in this deal, but instead of that, they were they unfortunately they could have had Karis LeVert and Jared Allen in this. Is what is what I'm seeing. Instead, they end up with Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk, which are basically two salary buyouts, two bad NBA players, in my opinion, that aren't are below average for for a guy that I mean, maybe he's not a star anymore, but he's still a very good three and D player. Uh, yeah, for the Heat, this is a, a clear win for them. I mean, this is uh, going to help them. They need another guy that can create their own shot. Their offense has really struggled. Oladipo, yeah, he's not going to come in and be the most efficient guy in the world, but he's going to give you some big games now and then, and he's, he's going to provide some secondary playmaking ability, as well as being another really good defender for this uh, already good defensive Miami Heat team. And for the Houston side, I mean, obviously I already laid it out for you. Bradley and Olenek are not very good players and are not going to be part of the Houston future. The only thing this really helps them is losing more games coming up so they can get better draft picks for the next few years. So in that aspect, I guess it'll help them. But every other aspect in terms of value or anything, they didn't get anything of note back. They didn't even really get any picks either. So it, it, it's I think they might maybe got a pick swap. Or they got a pick swap. Yep, yeah, they got a pick swap. pretty irrelevant. It's it, I wouldn't really say it's a big big asset to get either because I think the Heat are going to be considerably better than them for the next five years. So I, I just all in all think Houston completely lost this trade, butchered this whole situation and really didn't get that much for Harden. They got some draft picks. Most of them are probably going to be pretty late from the Nets. So I think the whole situation, Houston was the major losers in this. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I was I was a little more hesitant on the Heat going after Victor Oladipo because I, there was rumors they would have to include um, a Tyler Hero, a, a Kendrick Nunn, a Duncan Robinson. But like you said, they're really just getting Oladipo for really nothing. Uh, I mean, I, I hate to just disrespect Bradley and Olenek that much, but they're solid role players. But Oladipo is a guy um, that's going to go right into that starting lineup, and then you can mess around. You can move maybe Duncan Robinson to the, be more of a sixth man, Kendrick Nunn. Drogic's had some injury issues, so when he once he's fully healthy and back and ready, at, ready to go, they can mess around with that. So it just really gives them a lot of options. Obviously they have Jimmy Butler there as well. So um, I know before we were talking about how, if they get Kyle Lowry and Oladipo, it instantly propels them into like title contention. Um, Since they just got Oladipo, I still think they're behind probably the Bucks, definitely behind the Sixers and uh, the Nets. But I think they're, they're clearly the fourth best team in the East. Now you can maybe even make an argument that they're the third best team in in front of Milwaukee, but um, all in all, a great deal by for Miami for Houston, um, you said it right there. They could have got Karis LeVert and or Jared Allen back in whatever that was, January, when they traded James Harden. Uh, they wanted to try and win now, they, so they got Victor Oladipo. They then, they then lost, what, 20 games in a row? Um, and then they traded Oladipo for just two guys that are really just contracts at this point, um, even though they would be really solid role players on uh, on a contending team, Olenek and Bradley. But 
they're not going to do much for the Rockets, um, aside from, like you said, help them lose. So, um, yeah, I think we're in agreement here. Houston's the clear, or not Houston, Miami's the clear winner here, getting Oladipo, and Houston's the clear loser, not really getting much. And even I think it even makes them more of a loser for the Nets' Harden trade, too. Um, it depends on how those picks shake out, but um, definitely not a good start for them in that regard. Um, do you have anything else you want to add about Old Depot and the Heat before we hop into the next big trade? No, not really. I, like like you said, yeah, we pretty much summed it up perfectly. It's a very one-sided trade, black and white. Not really anything else to add, but let's jump into these next couple of magic trades that um, maybe are a little bit more interesting and could have you know two sides to it. Yeah, so the first one, it was the first big deal of today. Well, I guess the Pistons trade was at like 12.30 this morning, but uh, the Magic trade was early this morning, like 9, 10 o'clock. Um, and it was a little kind of a shocker. It seemed like Vucevic, um, he was hot, hot name on the market a couple weeks ago, and then it kind of cooled off, and then it, he, he got traded, obviously, this morning. So um, Orlando traded him along with Al Farouk Aminu to – and out of – wait, this is wrong. They traded Vucevic and – Aminu to the Bulls for Otto Porter and Wendell Carter Jr. and two first-round picks. Um, so just give us your thoughts, Chris, real quick. Um, what do you think about this trade? Um, it's a really interesting deal. It seems like it's there's some people that think the Bulls won. There's some people that think the Magic won. Um, wh- who do you think won this deal? Yeah, I am 100% on the side of the Chicago Bulls on this one. I think it is a clear cut, clear and dry. The Magic lost this deal. The picks are both top four protected. I believe it was two first-rounders. Uh, coming over yeah. the next few years, both are top four protected. So if the Bulls are really bad, they had they'll get those picks back, or if they get really lucky in the lottery. But they aren't going to be bad anymore because Nikola Vucevic is one of the best centers in the league, probably the fourth best center in the league, maybe in our maybe fifth. Uh, but he's a great offensive player, totally polished, and I think him and Markinen make a really good offensive fit down. Uh, you know, they got basically two seven footers that can basically do everything on the offensive end. I think defensively. Uh, it's a little bit of a downgrade because Wendell Carter is a better defender than Vucevic, but they also have Thaddeus Young who will, who will come in probably for marketing in the fourth quarter, and he'll kind of play that center and the, the better defender role because Thad Young's a really good defensive big. So I don't think it's that big of a deal to worry about on defense. And they also got Aminu, who's not a terrible defender either. If he can get some rotational minutes, he'll, he'll provide some defense for him as well. But offensively, this is a huge a huge boost because you, you can run the Zach Levine Nikola Vucevic pick and roll really well. You can run offense through both of them. Now it takes a little bit of pressure off Levine. And I think it makes them a little bit more interesting in a playoff setting. I think they'll now officially propel them into the top eight seeds. Maybe they will end up being a play-in team, but I think they will definitely be on the eight, seven, eight line. If they, they stay even that low, I could see him even jumping as high as four or five. Honestly, I think they're that good. But uh, to me, it's a clear win for, uh, the Bulls, but it's also a move the Magic needed to make because they're obviously not going to be very good for the next five, ten years now. I mean, now they're going to be really bad because they have just nothing of value on the roster. But it was they had to do something, and they, and they clearly did it with both of these trades. So, well, actually, all three of the trades they made. But we'll see where it leads for them. But I think I think the Bulls clear winners here didn't have to give up a crazy amount to get Vooch, and I think it makes them a lot better. Uh, yeah, I I would say the Bulls ultimately won this trade, but I I don't think it's a I, I, one of the trades the Magic did. I completely disagree with. I think they could have got more, but this one I think they they did a pretty good job. Yes, Vucevic obviously is a, a really good player, was an All Star, but you mentioned there he's not a great defensive player. And Wendell Carter Jr. is I know he's got some injury issues here his first first few seasons in the league, but. Overall, he's a really solid young prospect. I'm a little confused because they already have Mo Bamba, so it would have been nice to see them get like a different position. But um, Wendell Carter can go right in there. Maybe they can play together in the front court. Who knows? But I think he's a really solid young player. That's a good return for Vucevic. Plus, they got the two first-round picks. I know you mentioned they're both top four protected, but if the Bulls are, are as good as I anticipate them being, I don't think they're going to be super great, which is part of the reason why I don't think they this trade is a clear win for them. Um, but I, I don't envision them being so bad that they're going to be in the top four. So that means the, the Magic are going to have two first-round picks through the next couple seasons. Really nice, especially in, in an era in the NBA where draft picks are, are so coveted and so hard to come by. The fact that they're going to have two picks in, um, I don't know exactly the years of the first-round picks, but they're going to be there's going to be years in the future here when they're bad and they're going to have a high pick, their own pick. Plus they're going to have one of those Chicago picks. So I think, I think that's a really good win for um, the magic. Uh, and then also like Otto Porter, Alfred Camino. I mean, those are just like, 
basically the same player. Uh, Porter, I think, is a little bit better, but who who really cares? Um, yeah. And for the bull side of things, I mean, I saw some people who were criticizing this deal for for the criticizing the Bulls for this deal um, because they, it reminded them of the Blake Griffin trade a little bit, which I don't think it's what? that egregious. Um, because it's like a big contract and it's a team like the Pistons were a team that were like not good. And then Blake Griffin, great Blake Griffin propelled them to mediocrity. Um, and I, I could see that unfortunately possibly happening here for the Bulls. I mean, the, yes, they got Vucevic, but at least this season, I don't see them being, I mean, like they're going to be stretch, scratching and clawing just to not get in the play in tournament. And then they, they're probably going to be in the play in tournament and they'll be scratching and clawing just to get a win. However, it, they, they might still be able to make some other moves. They still got Lowry Mark, and then maybe they can get some free agents. It does give them a nice foundation, but they have to do something from here because right now they're doomed to be another me, a, a mediocre team, which is I'm a little concerned about. Um, similarly to the Pistons and the Mag, and honestly that and like the, the Magic. I mean, the Magic were the Magic. Honestly, were just like the Pistons were a couple seasons ago, where they were just a mediocre team, and now they're they're really blowing it up here, and they're going to be really bad here for the next couple seasons. But um, I do like the haul the Magic got. Um, for the most part with the picks with Wendell Carter um, and the bulls. I, I mean, I hope it works out. I, I think they're going to be really fun to watch. Um, I'm just worried that maybe this is just a move. That's just going to make them a medium from a bad team to a mediocre team. Um, but hopefully maybe there's some more moves on the horizon um, in this off season in terms of trades for agency draft picks. Who knows? I mean, to me, I guess I'm a little bit more bullish on the, on the bulls now, no pun intended there, but uh, you know, this is a team that it, See, for me, it's different from the Pistons situation because I think they have a ton of young talent on the team. They got Kobe White. They got Patrick Williams. Um, they they have true, Vucevic yeah. now. They have Levine. Uh, I think Levine and Vucevic offensively are a very good, you know, two-man, you know, star power. I think they're both stars. So I think this is a good – they're a really good duo, two of the better offensive players at their respective positions. You add, you know, Patrick Williams, Thaddeus Young, uh, Denzel Valentine, Kobe White, uh, Thomas Sadoransky. I think yeah. that makes a pretty good rotation. I mean, I think there are a better, I, I'm a little bit more bullish on them because I think they are. Yeah. Maybe they will end up on the play in line. If they end up in the playoffs, I think they can make Yeah. They're not going to make a deep run this year, but I think they can make uh, one of those top few seeds sweat in the playoffs. Personally. I think they're not going to be an easy out, especially with Vucevic. I mean, he, he provides some matchup nightmares for, I mean, if they end up playing the Nets, I, I'm not saying they're beating the Nets because they're definitely not going to, but he's going to provide some some difficulties for the, for the Nets to defend for sure. I think that's going to be a tough matchup for them. But they're they're going to end up, yeah, that will get bounced in the first round most likely. But I think it, uh, you know, going in next year, I think it raises some optimism for the, the Bulls. I think it raises their ceiling a lot. I think in a full season, I think they can end up being a four or five seed around there if a couple of their young guys develop. So I, I like the trade personally. I th I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit more in on on the Bulls now that they made this trade. I think they were already in that, you know, mediocre range with a lot of young talent. And, then you know, they traded one of their young, talented players in a couple picks for a star, a borderline superstar, I would say, the way, the way he's playing this year, just as Levine is. Like, they're both really, really polished offensive players. And Vooch still got plenty of years left to provide. You know, he's not that he's, – yeah. he's a little bit more up there in age. I believe he's 29 around there. But he's not one of those centers that relies on a ton of athleticism to get the job done. He's he's got a lot of skill as a big. So I think that'll you know he he can provide three three to five more really quality prime seasons for this Bulls team if they choose to go that route. But you know I think we both agree that that the Bulls won. But yeah, I'm a little bit more in on them than you are. Yeah, that's fair to say, and I I don't think it's as like big of a home run win for the for the Bulls. I still think the Magic got a decent return for Vooch, um, but yeah, I I my big concern is like looking at this season and beyond. It, they they're, they're going to need to make another move, or they're just going to need to bank on Kobe White or Lowry Markkinen. If they if they both develop into stars, then I really like this team's chances, and then they kind of fill the holes with with other guys. Um, I'm just worried. I don't think it's as bad as the Piston situation with the Blake Griffin thing. Um, that's just something I, I've been reading on Twitter and on, online and everything. Um, but I, I do, it is a little bit concerning that maybe there's going to be a mediocre team. They're going to be more of like a Pacers team where they're like always in the playoffs, but they don't, which is really a lot better than the Bulls have been for the last few seasons. But um, I don't know. It's, it's always good to have good, good players and not have good players. And they got Vooch. So hopefully it, it ends up working out for them. I am in agreement with you though. I think this makes them a, a play in tournament lock. 
Um, I there's a I mean there's a roadmap for them making the sixth seed and just completely avoiding yeah. the plane completely. They're only two and a half games out of that sixth spot. They're actually only what three three games out of the four seed at this moment in time. So um, but they could definitely get teams. to that. I think they could there, get there some, all the way. The they could, yeah. And there's some teams in there like the Heat, the Celtics are in that range as well that I think I trust a little bit more than them. But the Pacers haven't been playing well. The Hawks were playing well, and now they lost two in a row. So not really sure what team they are. And then the Hornets obviously lost Lamelo for this season. We just found out a couple days ago. So um, it's very realistic. But I'm just. It's concerning for me when a team makes this big deal and they give up two first-round picks, um, and I still don't see them anywhere near the level of your Philadelphias, your Milwaukee's, your Brooklyn's, really even your Miami's. So, um, yeah, overall, I think the Bulls won the trade, but I guess I'm a little bit lower on the deal than than you are. But we'll hop into the other big magic trade of the day. Um, that was when they sent Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark to the Denver Nuggets for another Gary and Gary Harris. RJ Hampton and I believe uh, one first round pick and one first I, rounder. Yeah, just one first rounder. Okay. Um, so I'll, since you started the first two off, I'll let you start this one off as well. Um, who do you think won this trade? Um, I know you were you kind of wanted Aaron Gordon on your Blazers. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. Um, but just give us your thoughts on this deal. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest Aaron Gordon fan, but I see his potential value. I mean, he's still a younger player. He's got he's got some defensive capabilities in terms of switching and stuff. He is a pretty good offensive player. I think he's a little bit overrated. And we we I believe a, about a year ago, we had the most ten top ten most overrated players. We had both had him on there. I mean, if anyone wants to check that video yeah. out, it was a really long time ago, probably outdated now. Last summer, but, it was last summer. Yeah, yeah, really long time ago. But in terms of who won this deal. I gotta t- I gotta take the magic side. I think I think I like this one personally. I think they got. I mean, RJ Hampton's a great young player. I mean, he hasn't done a lot in the NBA yet, but he's he's an asset for me. I think he's similarly to Michael Porter Jr., a guy that fell in the draft and is more talented than where he actually got picked in the draft. So I think it's a win for the Magic. It's a guy they can wait on, they can let develop a little bit. Gary Harris is whatever. I mean, he's definitely better than Gary Clark, but I don't think he's some. He's, <laughs> you know, he's he's you know. Late 20s can provide 10 points a game with some defense. Not really, I don't think he's going to be a big part of their future, but you know, maybe I'm not sure what his contract situation is. Maybe he's a free agent soon or they can trade him for something next deadline. I know he's really making, I know he's that. making a lot of money. I know he's making a he lot is. of money. I think he's more he of a contract, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. salary relief or whatever for the, uh, for the nuggets in this deal, but um, he's whatever. I don't, I'm not really worried about him in this deal. Uh, I, but I like RJ Hampton in the, in the first rounder. I think those two together make up for the Aaron Gordon loss. And like I said, the magic, they're really not, they're, they're not in contention at all. So I'm, and I don't think Aaron Gordon's some superstar. So I think this is a, I would, it's pretty even, but I think the magic gain a slight edge in this one, in my opinion, I think they, they won the deal by a little bit. Uh, but it also helps Denver. They get they get the best player in the deal in Aaron Gordon. He's a versatile defender. They need a little bit more defense. And I think him and Michael Porter Jr. provide a good, you know, uh, supporting front court around Jokic. And and he can knock down the open three too. He's been a, he's been an improved shooter over the last couple of years as well. So so he's got that in his arsenal. And he can also obviously dunk with the best of them. So you know he he's a versatile player. I think he like I said a little bit overrated, but he's a good player for sure. So I it's a slight edge to the magic for me in this one. So for this one, I think I'm going to cheat here. I'm going to go inconclusive because I have to wait and see what the product looks like. Cause Aaron Gordon, we've been hearing for years by like really smart people, both in the NBA, in the media, everywhere that are like, just get Aaron Gordon out of Orlando, get him in a different team, better situation with, with better guards, with better coaching, everything. And he could really blossom. Cause I think he was a fourth overall pick when he got drafted a couple years ago. Yep. So this is, this is it. And I mean, Denver is a really great situation for him. Um, obviously they got Michael Porter Jr., Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray. Um, and they really didn't give up. Yeah. Gary Harris was, I believe a rotation guy. Um, but he wasn't like, a, he's not a great player by any means. RJ Hampton was more of a, a young prospect. Um, so this is a perfect spot for Aaron Gordon. We saw last year, I think he can slide right into that Jeremy Grant role that the Nuggets had um, last season in the playoffs when they went to the Western Conference playoff or Western Conference Finals, excuse me. Um, so, and I think Gordon, and talent wise, I think might even be more talented than Jeremy Grant. So, um, this is it though. I mean, if it doesn't work here, it's a great situation. Like I said, then Aaron Gordon's just a bust, but I'm, that's why I'm a little inconclusive because the, the magic did get a lot for just for Aaron Gordon and then Gary Clark, which I think was just like a salary filler. Um, Gary Harris. I mean, he's still a solid 
young-ish player. I mean, I, I, again, I don't know how many years left he has on his contract, but maybe if he's going to have, I mean, there's no one in Orlando anymore, so he's going to get plenty of opportunities. Maybe he's he's really good, blossoms back into that player he was on um, his first few seasons that earned him that big contract, and maybe they can trade him at next year's deadline or in the offseason for even more picks or prospects or whatever. Um, and then obviously another first-round pick. They get three first-round picks in this trade and the Vucevic, Vucevic trade total, which is awesome. And then they get RJ Hampton, who's a really great solid. I mean, I probably lean on the Orlando side, um, but I, I still think I'm going to cheat a little bit here and say it's inconclusive just because um, I don't know. It's hard to tell. I don't know. I kind of like I kind of like both sides. It's really going to be dependent on how good Aaron Gordon actually is. Is he as good as the guy that everyone says he's going to be, or is he um, the player that we've seen here his first few years in the league? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I kind of agree with you. I wanted to give my answer who I'm leaning with, which is the Magic. But I, I also yeah. agree. I think Aaron Gordon has more in the tank. This guy's a very talented player. Don't get me wrong. I don't think his talent is overrated. I just think what he's done on the NBA court with the draft capital being the fourth overall pick with how it he showed, you know, in the first couple of years, I just don't think it's similar to a guy like Andre Drummond where he came in and started off pretty good. And it hasn't gotten that much better. Yeah. And that's kind of what it is. Type of guy, yeah. yeah. He's obviously a better player than an Andre Drummond. I think Andrew Wiggins is even a better comp because he's a guy that came in averaging, what, yeah. 16 a game around there. And everyone's like, oh, this guy's going to be a superstar. And I thought the same thing with Aaron Gordon. First couple of years, I'm like, man, this guy's, you know, from year one to year two, took a massive leap. He's a great player. I mean, he was, I was like, man, this guy could be a star. And then he's basically the same player now. I, he's still, and people yeah. are still holding on to that. And maybe that's a little bit to do with the scheme. And the fit in the Magic, because they're not a great organization. They haven't been very good since he's been there. But I think in Denver, there's a lot. They already have Jamal Murray and Jokic. I don't think his stats are going to get that much better going to the Nuggets. But I think he, he could play a better role for them in, in a winning culture, a winning situation. He could be pretty valuable. They need some defense. He does play pretty yeah. good defense. I will say he's a, he's a solid, versatile defender that can switch off of screens all the time when you need him. So in that aspect, I do like it for for the uh, Nuggets, and I and I kind of tend to agree more with you. It's either an inconclusive or a win-win trade. I think both teams yeah. got got a little bit better, or better slash worse, but for their situations, both got better. Yeah, and honestly, Aaron Gordon should just look at a guy we talked about here in the first trade, Victor Oladipo. I mean, he's a guy who got drafted by the Magic, was like kind of a good player, was young and up-and-coming, who knows what he's going to do, got traded to the Thunder, ultimately ended up on the Pacers, and obviously blossomed into an all-NBA guy, all-star level guy, who if he didn't get injured, would would still be a top player in the league. Um, so hopefully Aaron Gordon, that could happen for him, um, or he's just a mediocre basketball player like he has been this first few seasons in the league. But it's really going to be interesting to see there. I think of all these, the three, the three big trades, that's the one that I think um, I'm most interested to see how it turns yeah. out just because um, if, I mean, if Aaron Gordon's good, I mean that, I think that puts the nuggets in, they could maybe sneak into the finals here. Cause the, the West, especially with the Lakers injuries um, that it's, it's pretty wide open at the moment. So uh, the nugget, it could be theirs for the taking. They already got really solid players. Um, so be really interesting to see how that deal pans out. But um, for the second part of this show, we're just going to go, rapid fire here, go through these trades, probably spend some more time on some of them that are, are more, have some bigger names, um, bigger teams involved. And some of these were probably just mentioned for like five seconds. Uh, and then we'll close it out. There's been a few um, buyout things. Maybe also talk about the guys who were going to get traded and then never actually got traded, but we'll just go down the line here. So the first one is uh Rajon Rondo to the Clippers for Lou Williams, draft picks and cash. Um, I'll start talking about this one. So, uh, I think the the Hawks, I think, won this trade. I mean, they're kind of up and coming. Rondo was clearly not happy in Atlanta, wasn't really playing, just went there to get the money, and, and that was it. Um, Lou Williams, I think, is, is a good score. He's a little bit up there in age, isn't the player he was a couple years ago, but they also got some draft picks and some cash considerations just for Rondo. So, um, in my opinion, clear win for the Hawks here. Uh, and the Clippers, they do get a solid player in Rondo. Playoff Rondo is a different animal. It's definitely going to help them down the line, but they did give up a lot, and I think the Hawks – are definitely going to benefit from Lou Williams, who is going back to his hometown, home state of Georgia. And if you remember last year during the bubble, he infamously uh, left the bubble to go to an Atlanta strip club. So now he can just go there free reign without any problems. But uh, what do you think about this trade, Chris? Uh, yeah, I, I don't really have a whole lot to add here. I mean, it's a minor deal. I don't. It's not going to make the Hawks a finals contender, but Lou Will is clearly a better player than Rajon Rondo, and they got some picks and cash, like you said. So I really nothing to add here. Like I said, not a major deal, very minor, but I will definitely take the Hawks side on this one. Yeah. 
it will help the Clippers though with Rondo, um, another ball handler. Um, and like I said, come playoff time, he's he's a different player. But moving on to the next one, I will let you start this one off because I know it's your hometown Blazers. Um, so the Raptors traded uh, Norman Powell to Portland for Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. So give me give me your instant reaction to this trade. Yeah, I mean, at first I was a little bit puzzled by this deal. I mean, I'm a big fan of Gary Trent. I think he's a he's a very good player. Uh, can shoot the three ball really well. Um, but that being said, I know it's not – this is why I was puzzled is because I thought maybe they would go after an Aaron Gordon. They need that wing defender, the versatile wing that can switch screens and stuff. They're not getting that Norman Powell. That's for sure. Norman Powell is a 6'4 combo guard. May, maybe he can play a little small ball three at some point. But I, I still think it's a win for the Blazers. They got better. They got the best player in this deal. Norman Powell is playing absolutely ridiculously good basketball this season. He's been – one of the most improved players in the league, in my opinion. You know, he's averaging basically 20 a game, shooting 50% from the floor, 44 from three. I And Gary Trent's in a contract year. It's not like Trent's a guy that they have on a rookie deal for the next four years. This is his contract season. He's going to be asking for a lot of money going into the offseason. The Blazers likely weren't going to be able to pay him that. And Powell may be the same way. I, I He's under contract next year, but it's a deal where he can opt out. It's only $11 million, so I expect him to opt out and probably be a free agent. But in terms of where the Blazers are, they're right in the middle of the, the West standings. Uh, they needed to make a move to get better. I think they did get better because Rodney Hood's been a, basically a zero this year, and this can help unlock some more minutes from Nasir Little, which is uh, another reason why I've started to lean towards the, the Blazers in this trade. It being, you know, It's probably more of a win-win trade for both sides, not really a clear winner. But I think because the Blazers can get more minutes to a guy like Nasir Little, they can stop playing Rodney Hood, who unfortunately after the injury has not been very good and has basically been a zero for them on both sides of the ball. I think it's a win for the for the Blazers in terms of what, what it does to their actual roster. And I think Powell will probably come off the bench more times than not, but he's a better scorer than Gary Trent and a more versatile defender as well. He's a better defender. I wouldn't say more versatile because he's kind of small, but he's a better defender than Gary Trent as well. So I think I think they did win the deal, and I am very excited to watch what is now maybe the best backcourt in basketball, adding Norman Powell, who is another really, really good offensive player. So they're going to be better offensively, that's for sure, and at least in their backcourt. Yeah, I'm I'm a little more – I would kind of want to take the Raptors side of things just because Norman Powell, I mean, he's a guy – yeah, he's having a breakout season this year. Um, but before that, I mean, he, he had a decent, solid 19-20, 16 points a game, uh, decent decent percentages. But he, for the most part, if you were watching Toronto basketball, he was just more of a sixth man, backup guy. The fact that they were able to get Rodney Hood, who, yeah, isn't a great player anymore, but maybe there's still some left, some stuff left there in the tank. And Gary Trent Jr., who's a really solid young player, I really don't think the – the difference, I know Powell this year is, is better than Trent, but if you look at Trent's age, his potential, I don't think it's that big of a difference in terms of Powell and Trent. So um, I really like the th- the side of the Raptors that they were able to get this much um, for the for Powell from the Blazers. And I would have liked that a little more from Portland side of things if they were able to keep Gary Trent in some way. Um, but I do I do agree that it, d- it does open up some touches now for, for Little. Um, even Anthony Simons, too, can maybe get some more run as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm leaning more on the Toronto side, but I definitely see it for, for this season, um, specifically with Portland being in win-now mode, as I mentioned before, the West is kind of wide open. They're getting their guys back. Nurk could hopefully be back pretty soon as well. Yeah, Friday. Um, see, yeah, he's supposed to be yeah. back Friday. So I'm very I, excited for that. I, I see where you're coming from, and I can see how how Portland – this will really help them out for this season, even though maybe down the line they might regret it a little bit. But – um, we'll move now into the next one. Uh, Magic traded Evan Fournier to the Celtics for two second round picks. This is the one that I alluded to earlier. I think the Magic completely botched this. I mean, just for um, reference sake, uh, the Pistons got two second round picks and a player for DeLon Wright. And I think Evan Fournier is clearly a better player than DeLon Wright. Um, so I just, it's maybe this was the best they could get was two second round picks, but like, you can't even get like a prospect. I don't think you're going to get a, a first round pick for Fournier by any means, but like a prospect in a pick or two picks in a prospect, um, anything. It just the fact, I mean, Fournier was, he's averaging almost 20 points a game yep. the last few seasons. Uh, he's not a star by any means, but he's a really solid role player, solid starter level player in the NBA. And the fact that all you could get was two second round picks. I mean, I, I, I support both the magic steals for Vooch and Gordon, but 
Um, I really think they could have did better. Um, and maybe even just keep Fournier, maybe get something better. But in terms of Boston side of things, love this for them. Gave up nothing. Just got Fournier in here. He can fill the Gordon Hayward role that they've been missing all season long that really helped them get to the Eastern Conference Finals last season. Um, so things are not looking good for Boston right now, but hopefully getting a guy like Fournier in there can really help them out down the line. But what do you think about this deal? Yeah, I'm in total agreement with you. I think um, in terms of Fournier, I mean, you look at the trade that we just talked about. I mean, he's not quite as good as Norman Powell, but they're I think they're pretty similar pretty players. Close. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say they're pretty similar players to me. I think they're very close in terms of talent. I think Powell's a little bit better of a shooter. But um, they both, uh, you know, you look at that difference between the halls. I mean, I'd take Gary Trent. I'd probably trade a first rounder for Gary Trent with the way his, uh, you know, he's he's still a young player. In the yeah. Camp. yeah, exactly. So I think, I mean, if you look at just the trade above it, the halls are so much different. This is clearly the Celtics dominated this trade. They basically gave up nothing because second round picks in the NBA are like, like pieces of candy. They're really irrelevant. <laughs> it's like handing out candy at Halloween. It really just, you can give them a whole freaking bunch of it and you can, you could trade a bunch of it for one big candy bar and you're clearly winning that trade. This is a That's similar deal to me. <laughs> and I think Fournier is a good player. He's going to help the Celtics right away. And yeah, like you said, he's averaging around 20 a game this year. So, I mean, he's got some value. He's one, he becomes one of their better shooters. Uh, doesn't need a lot of offense to be run through him. He can kind of be a spot-up shooter and get to the rim a little bit. Not the best defender, but he, he can play a little bit of defense as well. I definitely like this move for the Celtics. Hate it for the Magic. That's probably all we need to talk about with this one. Yeah, I have nothing more to add. Um, I think it's really going to hopefully help Boston now get not there right now. They're in the play-in tournament, so hopefully it gets them out of there, um, and they can maybe make some noise in the playoffs. Despite the first what seventy-five percent of their season not going great, um, these next two I don't think we need to spend too much time on. Um, as the time of this recording, um, I believe it's just Daniel Tice for Mo Wagner straight up. Mo Wagner was traded to the Bulls in a trade earlier this morning. Um, do you have anything you want to talk about with this? Um, the, I guess the Celtics get a young, somewhat promising center. I'm, of course, biased because Wagner went to Michigan, uh, and the Bulls get a, a solid starting level six-man kind of guy in Daniel Tice off the bench. Do you have anything you want to add to this deal? <laughs> yeah, I just want to shout out my friend Mason. Uh, he is a His favorite player in the NBA is Daniel Tice, and he's a huge Boston Celtics fan. So pour one out for him tonight. Uh, this is uh, it's going to be tough for him to swallow because Tice is one of his boys. And other than that, no, I don't really have anything to add. This is a right. super, super irrelevant trade. Yeah. I mean, Wagner, he's going to get some more television time here with the Celtics and he did with the win. So I don't think we there. really, I don't think we really need any more Wagner <laughs> okay. television time. He's not a bad player. He's a decent NBA. Anyway, he's not easy um, on the eyes. We're talking enough. Okay. We're talking enough. We talked enough of Mo Wagner for one episode. Um, next up, the Cavs. This was like maybe the first or second deal of the day today. Uh, they traded uh, JaVale McGee to the Nuggets. Um, I don't even know what they got in return. I'm I don't think sure they really they got anything back. Yeah. Either. I think it might have just been like some minor cash picks, considerations. Cash considerations. Um, but anything to add here? Nuggets get a solid backup center in McGee. A little disappointed from the Cavs side of things because um, I. Like a month ago, we were talking about like teams like Portland, Brooklyn that were really in need of a center. Um, we thought they that the Cavs could get a decent amount from McGee since he's a championship guy with the Warriors, has some a lot of experience, is on a, a relatively cheap deal. And the fact that they just didn't really get anything in return for him is a little disappointing, but not a huge trade in my opinion. Do you have anything to add here or no? Nope, absolutely okay. nothing at all. all this right. is irrelevant. This next deal I think is a little more interesting. Um, the Mavericks got J.J. Redick and Trey Lyles. Uh, from the Pelicans uh, at the time of this recording as well, because we're doing this right after the deadline passed. I don't believe it's been announced what the Pelicans got in return. Um, but in terms of the Maverick side of things, I really like it. Um, they lost an element of shooting um, with the loss of Seth Curry. So now they get that with J.J. Redick. I also think he can bring a level of veteran leadership. We saw that with Philadelphia years ago that he brought to that team that really helped them out. They really missed him when he, once he went to New Orleans. So then he'll bring that to a Dallas squad with young players and Luca and Kristaps. Um, and I think, like I said before, the West is wide open. I don't think that Dallas is on the level of like the Phoenix or Utah or, or Denver or even Portland for that matter. Um, but I think this definitely makes them a little more legitimate. Um, and especially because Reddick is still a good player. He's old, but he's still a good shooter. So I really like this movement. Trey Lyles is a decent young player as well. It's, they can bring off the bench. But um, anything with this deal that you want to touch on? I mean, just that the Mavericks got another guy that Luke can kick it out to and reliably yeah. knock down an open three-point shot. So I, 
other than that, no, I have nothing to add. But Redick is, you know, uh, he's not a great player anymore. He's having a career low sh season shooting from three. But he's still a very dangerous shooter that has to be respected from beyond the arc or he can beat you. So I think Luca will, will find him a interesting piece for this roster. Yeah, um, and then I actually just saw that this isn't on here, but I, I know uh, Nemanja Bajelica from Sacramento. He got traded to the Miami Heat, I believe. Um, so it's not on here for some reason, but um, Twitter's slacking a little bit, I guess. Maybe it's not official yet, but um, did you have anything you want to touch on with, with that deal or no? no. Okay, so um, I think it's a, he's a solid player. I think it adds getting him, he now that they don't have Olenek, I think, but Nemanja can fill right in there. He's a decent shooter. Um, so I think it helps Miami out a little bit. But these next three deals, I know you don't have any takes on them, so I'm just going to rattle through them real quick. Raptors traded Terrence Davis to the Kings for a future draft pick. Terrence Davis, solid young player, but not yep. really completely relevant right now. Uh, Hornets got Brad Wanamaker from the Golden State Warriors. Wanamaker, solid backup, was on the Celtics for several years. Um, so I think this is probably to fill the void that LaMelo's left. Um, with his injury, uh, and the Raptors also traded Matt Thomas to the Jazz for a draft pick. Thomas is a decent shooter; should help the the Jazz off the bench. Uh, I believe all these moves were intended to free up some space for a potential Kyle Lowry trade. That, of course, we'll touch on in a second. Never ended up happening. Uh, and then the Pistons traded DeLon Wright to the Kings for Corey Joseph and two second round draft picks. I mean, applaud Troy, Troy Weaver. Of course, I'm biased, but I think he knocked this one out of the park. Uh, he saved money with Corey Joseph. Um, I think Corey Joseph and DeLon Wright are pretty comparable players. I don't think it's talent is huge. Is a not a big talent divide there. Plus, they got two second round picks. Who I know you mentioned t second round picks are like you know candy in the NBA, but uh, we saw with his first draft, Troy Weaver got Saban Lee in the second round, and he's been a really solid young player for the team so far. So um, I think the Pistons. Definitely won this trade in the Kings. I mean, what are you doing? Like, okay, DeLon Wright, he's a decent player, but I don't really get this deal for them at all. Um, I know you're a Pistons fan, though, so did you have anything you wanted to talk about with that deal, or is it pretty irrelevant for you? I mean, yeah, the, the Pistons won the trade, but uh, I don't really have anything to add with that deal. Uh, Terrence Davis, the only other one I really want to touch on in that, I think he's a player that's gotten kind of overshadowed in Toronto. I think he's a talented player when he gets the opportunity to, to – he's had a couple starts this year, and I think he's actually played pretty well. Uh, I honestly thought him and Norman Powell were the same player for a while before uh, you know Powell kind of kind of stepped up a little bit. But I think Davis and uh, Sacramento is actually a pretty good trade for the Kings, personally. I, I'm interested to see where that goes, at least. But other than that, yeah, not really anything else to talk about. Pistons clearly won this trade, but it's a pretty irrelevant trade to win, so I yeah. don't really care about it. Yeah, I do. All the Kings, I think, botched the Pistons trade. I do. I do like the addition of Terrence Davis, and other, I, like I said, I like I, what. Uh, other point I was going to add is the Pistons definitely won the Hamadou Diallo trade, so I, I will give them very, oh, yeah. very big credit for that because I think Diallo is a great player. They got him from the Thunder like about what a week and a half ago or so. I think ago, that yeah. was an awesome trade. But uh, sorry yeah. to interrupt you, but I thought that I just wanted to make sure we added that in this video. I think that was a clear Pistons win. And I would, Troy Weaver made an excellent move with that. Maybe his best yeah. move so far, honestly, because I think Diallo is that. I think he's a high level player that had, can average 15, 17 points a game. Yeah, absolutely. And then the the other one too that happened a few days before the deadline was PJ Tucker going to the Bucks, obviously. And he's been a pretty solid, solid yeah. contributor to them so far. Um, so yeah, good thing. I'm glad you brought that up because Diallo, I think, is going to be a really solid player for the Pistons as well. Um, the final trade that, that happened today, though, that we're going to touch on real quick is the 76ers got George Hill from Oklahoma City uh, in exchange for Tony Bradley. Iggy Brazdakis, another former Michigan Wolverine, and then some draft picks. I believe it was two second-round draft picks. Um, and then in a same deal, one of those weird three-team three deals, uh, Terrence Ferguson went to the Knicks, and then the Austin Rivers went to the Oklahoma City Thunder. A lot of moving parts here, but really uh, not a whole lot of consequence. I think the Sixers, when they realized they weren't going to get Kyle Lowry, um, they just settled for George Hill, who I think is a solid player. was really good for Milwaukee. Uh, last year in the playoffs. I think hopefully he can do the same thing for Philadelphia. Um, everything else, Terrence Ferguson saw a young player going to the Knicks. Uh, Oklahoma City just continues to stockpile draft picks. I think they have like 34 picks in the next two drafts, which is just insane. Um, over across the first and the second rounds. Um, but yeah, a lot of moving parts here, but nothing too insane, even though this was obviously the biggest deal of the day. Um, do you have anything you want to touch on with this deal? 
Yeah, not not really. I mean, George Hill, yeah, he's going to provide some good depth off the bench for the Sixers. Maybe he'll provide an occasional spot start as well. He can, he can play a little defense. He can shoot the three ball a little bit. I think Tony Bradley is somewhat interesting because, you know, when when Embiid misses time, he ends up weirdly going like seven for seven from the floor every time Embiid misses a game and he starts. But other than that, I don't think he's a super high-level player, but he's probably the second-best player in this trade. Everybody else, I mean, Austin Rivers irrelevant, Terrence Ferguson irrelevant, Niggy Brostake is former Michigan player, totally irrelevant. He's been terrible <laughs> in the NBA so far since he came in, which is pretty expected because I didn't think he was that good in college either. But not enough <laughs> talk about Michigan basketball. It's an NBA podcast. This is an irrelevant trade, though. Yeah, um, I agree for the most part. Um I, I was kind of I was about to start going another Michigan basketball tangent, but we'll, we'll focus on the NBA here. Uh, let's talk about the couple of guys that were rumored to be moved um, and then never ended up actually getting moved. Um, John Collins, we're not going to really talk about him because he he was rumored before, but then there's really nothing. There was no buzz today. The two guys that seemed like they were definitely going to trade and then never ended up doing it was right there: Kyle Lowry and Alonzo Ball. Lowry, the big teams were the Sixers, like I said before, and then Miami. And the Lakers and the Clippers were briefly in talks as well, but those cooled off pretty quickly. Um, I guess the deal breaker was the Lakers didn't want to give up Taylor Horton Tucker, which I don't really completely understand if I'm being honest. Um, and then uh, the either. Sixers, the Sixers, they want to give up. Uh, I think it was Tyrese Maxey, Shake Milton, Matisse Thybul, and picks. I think it was the the rumored proposed deal. I understand that it's a lot of prospects and picks you're giving up for for a guy like Kyle Lowry. And then the Heat, they want to get rid of Tyler Hero, obviously. And then Lonzo Ball, the big team there was the Bulls. Um, I don't really see. I didn't really see anything about why that deal never came to fruition. But um, either of those proposed deals kind of surprised you that the the teams weren't willing to pull the trigger. Um, what do you think this means going forward for both these guys staying in their their respective cities? Um, what are your thoughts on these overall? These two guys um, not getting traded at the deadline. I think both. I expect both to be free agents in the offseason. Uh, I really thought Kyle Lowry was going to get traded. Just ne- their asking price was really high. I think the only team that should have pulled the trigger was the Lakers if it was a package surrounded with Taylor Horton Tucker and maybe a Dennis Schroeder. I think that would have made a lot of sense for the Lakers, especially with all their injuries right now. Lowry would have fit in pretty well with them. Lonzo Ball. I mean, I don't get why the Pelicans hate him so much, but they continue to say he's not in our future plans. He's not in our future plans. He's been a good player this year. He's, he's the only player. That, he's the only. He's only a player that plays defense on their team too. Yeah, he's their best <laughs> defender. He's their best defender. One of the few guys in that starting line can actually shoot, and he's actually been a reliable three point shooter this year, shooting at almost forty percent from the three point line, as well as you know his his usual playmaking ability, defense, and then he's he's averaging about fifteen a game. So I think. They're dumb for wanting him out, but he's gonna end. He's definitely leaving after this year. I don't think he's happy in New Orleans. I think he will get twenty mil a year around that. And the Bulls could end up being a suitor for him in the offseason. I think. I think they have some yeah. cap space to play around with. Could be a potential guy to give a you know a two year forty million dollar contract. I think that would make sense for both parties because they're kind of lacking with the starting point guard. And that's why I expected yeah. them to trade for Lonzo Ball, but it never ended up coming to fruition. So, And the other guy that I am also extremely surprised, well, let me not as, as extremely surprised, he's not as talented, but a guy that I thought would get moved at the deadline that wasn't really talked about a lot was Al Horford. I think oh, yeah. the Thunder were giving him a ton yep. of rest days and stuff over the last few weeks. He's barely been playing. They've had a young center come in the starting lineup in uh, Moses Brown, and he's played really well. And then Isaiah Roby, another guy that's played well. They also traded for Tony Bradley, so they got another center. I'm very surprised that Horford yeah. didn't get moved, and they even added a center to that, you know, rotation. But yeah, uh, a guy that you know he's not a super high level player anymore. He can provide a little bit of off three and D offense as a big. But other than that, not really any other names I wanted to bring up in terms of that. But there's a few buyout guys that we could talk about. Yeah, like to. Yeah, really quick too. I wanted to mention. I think the Lakers might have been a loser of this deadline too, uh, with the LeBron and AD injuries. Really thought they were going to make some moves. Montrez Harrell was rumored to be on the block as well, and I'm just surprised. Aside from the Lowry thing, because I think they should have pulled the trigger on that deal, um, I I just I'm surprised they didn't make any moves with all their injuries, and they still are in a very much in a win now mode. So a little bit of a loser there, but yeah, there was two uh, big. It's not on the screen here, but there was two big buyouts as well. Andre Drummond and Lamarcus Aldridge. Um, I don't believe there was any more. Um, but just real quick, we can just go through and see what teams do you think those guys will, will land on most likely? Um, for Drummond, uh, probably the Lakers is where I assume he will go. And then for Aldridge, uh, he's almost locked to go to the Miami Heat now. I think that's been a 
very much a rumored destination. I mean, I, he have even been talking about him being their starting center like a week ago, and that's kind of weird to me. But I think they knew <laughs> the buyout was coming. They didn't need to trade yeah. for him. And I don't think there's going to be that many guys that come calling for LaMarcus Aldridge. This guy doesn't play any defense anymore. His three-point shot's going haywire. Pretty much all he does now is provide the mid-range jumper. He doesn't rebound. He doesn't defend. He can't shoot the three. Drummond, and you know my opinion on him. He can't do anything but rebound. He actually gets to the rim more than anybody else in the NBA and finishes at the lowest rate in the NBA. So, yeah, really good stuff there. Hope uh, team really wants to build their franchise around uh, Andre Drummond and LaMarcus Aldridge. Maybe somebody will sign both of them. Who knows? But they both kind of suck. And, but they'll provide some sort of value for, for their respective teams, especially the Lakers right now. They they do need a player. So and I get Drummond fills that requirement. He's a player in the NBA. So, uh, you know, maybe it could help them. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Aldridge is definitely on the, the tw- in the twilight of his career. Um, Drummond, I still think, could be a solid player for, for years to come. I don't get there's some Knicks rumors that Drummond might go to the Knicks. To me, that makes zero sense, especially now that the deadline's passed and they still have Nerlens Noel and Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson's why do you back need a, too, yeah. Yeah, why, would you, why do you need a third center? Like That just makes zero sense to me. And I think you could make an argument that Noel and Mitchell Robinson are better than Drummond or at least equally talented. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but I actually, even though you said the Lakers, I think Drummond might end up with the Nets um, simply because they need a center. Nets are really good. I think if he wants to win a title, I think the Nets are more title favorites at this moment in time than the Lakers, at least in my opinion. I know they have some guys out. Hopefully those guys will come back by the time of the playoffs. Um, roll around and they also i think we got to mention the blake griffin connection too uh at brooklyn i believe the two of them were friends here in detroit so maybe uh they with they already got bruce brown maybe the nets become like the pistons and they just win a championship because they also have three superstars along with our washed up starters from last season who knows but in terms of aldridge the heat i really like the heat getting him um, I also think maybe your Portland Trailblazers too, Chris. Maybe a little reunion um, can throw him at the center. Uh, I believe he's mentioned a few times uh, potentially wanting to retire as a Trailblazer, so maybe he goes to Portland. But I do really like yeah, the maybe heat, he should retire five years ago. Then if maybe he should have retired, five <laughs> he was an all star. He, he was an all star. He was yeah. an all star like not too long ago. Like he was a solid player. I think it. I think with Aldridge, I think it maybe. I just mentioned Blake Griffin. Maybe it's like that. He was with Detroit. He wasn't playing hard. He was like, I don't really want to be here. Goes to a different team. Is reinvigorated and he's dunking on everybody. Maybe same thing happens with Aldridge. Yeah. By all, I remember he was like upset with San Antonio like three years ago, and I, I clearly that that relationship never improved. So um, maybe just a, a new destination. I know he's older too uh, than Blake, but. Who knows? Maybe he'll be a, at least a solid starting center, even if he's not an all-star level guy. Yeah, maybe maybe the AARP league needs some help. Jeez, Marcus okay. Aldridge is basically a dinosaur <laughs> at this point. But, you know, maybe if, if he's got any – if he can get his three-point shot back, he can provide some kind of value for the Heat. But I am per, personally, I mean, he, he's probably going to fill in for Kelly Olenek in that role where he tries – he basically just stands in the corner, sets up a tent, and tries to shoot threes and get occasional rebounds on defense. Other than that, I don't think he's going to provide a lot of value. And then Drummond, you, I've talked about 37 times already in this episode. And every episode, he stinks, but he can rebound. <laughs> so teams somewhat will be interested in him. I, You know my opinions on Drummond. He's terrible. The guy's usage rate's over 30%. And that's, I think that's all you pretty much need to know about. He's got a higher usage rate than almost every other center in the league, yet is one of the worst starting centers in the league. Honestly, he's probably not going to be a starter in the NBA ever again because he's not good. And like he's already 35 years old. So... That's my little <laughs> rant on either one of those guys. I don't have anything wrong with Aldridge. He's whatever. Just Drummond sucks. Let's let's be real. He sucks. I think I want to have a fun question here, and then we'll, we'll close out the episode real quick. Yes or no? Do you think Lamarcus Aldridge will make the Hall of Fame? Oh, that's really tough, man. I <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no, but I feel like that's probably the wrong answer. I'm gonna say no. I don't. Yes, he was good. For, he was really good for a few years. I don't think his prime lasted that long. And yeah, he's been quality late as well. I guess you know the last few years, but before the last couple years at least, he was borderline and an all-star talent. I don't know, man. I I've always kind of left. Feel like I've been left with a little bit wanting a little bit more from Aldridge throughout his career. He's never really won anything. He's never been on a great team either. Even with, you know, he left the Blazers before Dame kind of took over and they, they went on those runs and then the Spurs have kind of been mess since he got there. So I don't think he's, he's never really been 
I don't think he's ever at any point been like a top 20 player either in the NBA. So I, I don't know. It's it's tough. He's probably pretty close. But if we're giving it to every good player that's ever played in the NBA, the, the Hall of Fame would have 17,000 players. That Anybody that's ever averaged 20 points a game. I mean, that's the joke. They say the Basketball Hall of Fame, unlike other Hall of Fames, is the Hall of Hall of Very Good, not the Hall of Fame. So right. uh, I think statistically wise, I think Aldridge was was probably the be- one of the best, if not the best power forward for the entirety of the 2010s because a lot of guys were on their way out. Other guys were up and coming. I think consistent wise, he was really good. Um, but you mentioned it there. The lack of playoff success um, really hinders him. Uh, I think even if he wins a championship now, it's going to be more of in like a role. So I, he's right on the border, though. If he gets in, I wouldn't be surprised or shocked. But uh, that was very impromptu for our NBA trade deadline special to have a Lamarcus Aldridge legacy conversation. But I'm happy we had it. Um, do you have anything else you want to to add here before we close out the show in regards to the trade deadline? No, other than this was, uh, you know, this was a very interesting trade deadline. Uh, Magic were the clear team that decided, yeah, we're going to sell everything. Not not yeah. that many teams seem that they were that interested in selling at the deadline. Clearly, Houston was selling for pennies on the dollar as well because they let go of Oladipo yeah. for a, a, a box of candy. But uh, other than that, yeah, not really anything else to add to the episode other than it was – I'm really excited to see, especially for my – selfishly, my Blazers, excited to see how that trade ends up playing out. I think there's a world where this trade ends up looking like a major win at the end of the season if they can make a deep playoff run and Powell helps them. I think it could look like a major win. But, you know, same with the uh, the Gordon deal as well. I think that that leads a lot to be uh, – a lot of questions to be answered there in Denver if he can help lead them to a championship. But uh, other than that, not really anything else to add. Yeah, I, they're not not like a big, big name that got traded, but I think a lot of really solid players that got moved that should hopefully pay dividends for their respective teams um, in the playoffs and beyond. But uh, that'll do it for this episode. Once again, we're the Zone Defense Podcast. Um, Chris and I, we did a weekly Zone Defense Basketball Hours a couple days ago. Uh, we'll be back again next weekend to discuss maybe how these deals are working as we near the playoffs. Uh, so Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Spotify and Twitter at Zone Defense Pod, and search us on Apple Podcasts so you don't miss a thing. Uh, be sure to smash that like button and drop comments down below. Let us know who your winners and losers of the deadline are. Um, and also, because we talked about it impromptu at the end of the episode, what you think LaMarcus Aldridge's Hall of Fame <laughs> chances are. Um, but other than that, thank you for listening to this episode, um, and we'll see you next time. Peace.